0: Patients and families are Stoughton Hospital's number one priority. To provide trusted health information to our patients and community, we present Stoughton Hospital Health Talk with Melanie Cole. Understanding forgiveness or being able to forgive someone that has hurt you can be a difficult thing for many people to understand, much less put into practice. However, research has shown that by forgiving someone who has deeply hurt you, you let go of resentment, the urge to seek revenge, and that can have positive health benefits. My guest today is Tim Markle. He's the director of the Southern Regional Center for Children and Youth with Special Health Care Needs at the Weissman Center, and he's affiliated with Stoughton Hospital. Welcome to the show, Tim. So why does forgiveness matter, and why is it so important that we learn how to be a forgiving soul?
1: Well, I think one of the first things to to remember is the fact that a lot of us grew up with just being told to forgive without ever being taught how to forgive. So in the instance of, you know, your sibling does something you don't like, like I had an older brother, I had younger brothers. so let's say my older brother decided that it was a A good time to just, you know, haul off and smack me with a pillow. Um, And I didn't really like that. Well, if he said, I'm sorry, then my parents would say, well, forgive your brother. He said, you're sorry. And so we get trained to this automatic response of, hey, if they say they're sorry, then you forgive them. But that hurt doesn't go away. The anger doesn't go away. We store it down inside. So then as we grow up and as people continue to hurt us and they're unjust toward us, we start to harbor these resentments. And these resentments could turn into anger. And all of a sudden, we see the fact that this unforgiveness that we're harboring and growing inside of us starts to affect our relationships with our families. We start to become distant. We start to become untrusting. We start to become anxious. We start to become depressed. We start to separate ourselves from people. And so what do we do? We, we can't just open up the door and say, okay, thank you. Thanks for being here on, on nice emotions. You can leave now. There's a process that we can go through in forgiveness that helps us realize how we are hurt, why we are hurt, and how we can deal with that so we can finally put the past into the past. Um, We don't forget it. We learn from it. We grow from it. But it no longer controls us.
0: I think that's such an important point. And we see people maybe whose children, God forbid, have been murdered, and they say something like, well, I'm forgiving this person who's in jail. And you wonder to yourself, God, how are they even doing that? But in reality, it's probably a much more positive or healthy way for them to carry on. Or maybe they can't carry on unless they do this. So how do they do that? How do people look at this, somebody who's hurt them deeply and say, okay, I'm going to work on this step-by-step way to forgive this person. What do we even do?
1: Sure. So the, the work that I do and everything that I've been, been teaching is based on the work of Dr. Robert Enright, um, who teaches up at the University of Madison and is co-founder of the International Forgiveness Institute. And what I'm teaching presently now is through his Eight Keys of Forgiveness book, and the first, the first thing that we have to realize is, one, that it, we have to accept that an injustice has been done, is a lot of times we go through life and we want to pretend like we weren't hurt. No, that didn't really matter to me. No, not really. But on the inside, it's still boiling and it's still affecting the way that we live. And so first we accept that an injustice has been done. Then we have to accept the fact that what I've been trying to do to deal with this hurt, to deal with this pain, just isn't working. Forgiveness is a choice is it? it's not something that anybody can make you do. It's not something that they can demand of you. You can't demand someone to forgive you. And you can't demand that they, they forgive other people either. It's, it's a personal choice. And so we make this decision that I've been hurt. What I've been doing to deal with this hurt isn't working. Well, why don't I think about forgiveness? And so in the course, we go through the fact that one of the first things we could do, and one of the most important things that anybody could do, is make a commitment to do no harm. I know there's days where I will wake up and I will just, you know, it's like the wrong side of the bed or something. And so it seems everybody is setting me off that day. The drivers are extra rude on the road. The clerks are extra slow. Um, just nothing seems to be going right. And so my response could be to build up these resentments throughout the day and continue to, to harbor them and to feed them. Or I can make a commitment to do no harm. When that person cuts me off, I could choose to not swear, to not, to not cuss them out, to not be angry with them, but see them as a unique person who may be dealing with their own struggles today. It's a different way of looking at the world. So the first thing is committing to do no harm, that I'm no longer going to be talking smack about people left and right. I'm not going to join in the negative, negative gossip talk at work and continually put people down. Because what happens is, is if we continue to feed that negative... And if we could continue to to put those people down and continue to see ourselves as this victim, it just continues to reinforce itself. And so one of the first things that we talk about is, first, do no harm. As I tell my class, the first thing I want you to do is nothing. I just want you to shut up. Practice shutting up for a day and just see how much different it is when we're not continually putting other people down.
0: Okay, so keep going with these tips because that's a really good one. And people do need to learn how to just listen how to not say whatever comes to their mind in that case, and how to just shut up, as you say, and kind of take it all in. So give us more tips.
1: Sure, no problem. So then the next step that we talk about is what Dr. Enright calls cultivating a clear vision. And I love this because it references back to uh, Dr. Seuss, who's just a phenomenal author, and his story, Horton Hears a Who. And Horton gets this, this uh, clover bud and the who are on there, and he's the only one that can hear the who. And at one point in the story, Horton says, a person's a person no matter how small. And so we start to cultivate this clear vision of a person is a person no matter what. None of us want to be defined by our worst moments. None of us want to be defined by our mistakes. That's not how we want to be remembered. That's not how we want people to think it, it's the core of us because it's not. We're more than that. Well, guess what? These people that have hurt us, and sometimes they have hurt us in horrible ways, but they're still more than that. And so we start to cultivate this clear vision that everybody around us is a person. Well, what does that mean? It means that they're special. It means they're unique. It means they're irreplaceable. And whether you look at that from a spiritual point of view or a scientific point of view, the truth is still there: is that we are surrounded by these amazing, unique creatures. And sometimes grew up and they hurt us but that doesn't define who they are it doesn't make them less of a person and so part of what we work with with forgiveness is restoring humanity to that other person who has hurt us is we stop making them out to be a monster we stop making them out to be um, that that horrible thing that happened to me when i was growing up and we begin to see them again as a person well that's true feelings.
0: because i think that w- when we feel that way and you say we start to think of them as a monster we probably imagine more things that they've done wrong and add that into their pile of bad things when maybe they didn't do those things. But we've put that into our own heads. Now, in the last few minutes, the in, forgiving the individual, the active work of it, kind of give us the best advice of what you would say if somebody needs to start doing this today. What would you tell them to
1: do? So I would start with the start to change your mind and start to stop um, being negative all the time. So it, it, it starts with that commitment to do no harm. And then start to look around and see these examples of love and mercy that are out there. Start to change your view of the world. And then you put this person in your mind and you say, okay, this person did hurt me. This is what they did. I'm not going to relive it, but I have to name it. So I name it. And then what we could do is we could go through a series of exercises. One would be um, visualizing them as an infant is one of the effective ways that that helps the class. Is you take that person back and you look at them as they were just born, as they're just this, this newborn, innocent, needy child in the crib. And you realize that this little creature is innocent this little creature is special, unique, and irreplaceable. They have this great capacity to love and be loved. And somewhere, somewhere in their life along the line, something happened that took away that capacity to love or diminished that cap- capacity to love or diminished that capacity to love. But they're still that individual. So can we see that uniqueness? Can we see that that, that specialness that's inherent in people, even those that hurt us? And so when we start to see them as a human, we don't we don't accept that what they did is right. It's never right. An injustice has occurred. But we will willingly forgive that person. And then with Dr. Enright's work, and one of the things that I really believe is that then as we look through um, and see this person in a new way, we turn the corner when we get to a point where we can finally do something good. Can we think a good thought about them? Can we just send them an anonymous note? Can we make a donation in their name? Can we smile at them instead of sneer at them? Can we invite them somewhere, even if we have to put limits on it? Can we finally invite them back to the family gathering? Is there some sort of offer of goodness, love, and mercy that we can give to this person that we have spent time building up resentment and hatred toward? And that's when the corner gets turned, and we start to see that we truly can be free in our own lives. We don't have to be bound to these negative emotions anymore. But through forgiveness, we really can open up and live the life that we want to live and that we could become the people that we truly want to be and that we truly were meant to be. We're no longer going to be held back by these old resentments and hurts.
0: Well, Tim, that is such great information. And where can people find out more about you or even attend one of your forgiveness classes?
1: Well, I usually hold the forgiveness classes at Stoughton Hospital through um, usually once in the fall and once in the spring. And so, again, they'll be part of their wellness curriculum. Um, I'm also part of the Speakers Bureau for the International Forgiveness Institute. And so um, I do go out and I speak at churches and different organizations, um, conferences. And so they can learn more about that at internationalforgiveness.com. Fantastic resource. Um, Dr. Enright's work is up there. Um, Highly recommend that website.
0: Thank you so much for being with us today. You're listening to Stoughton Hospital Health Talk. And for more information, you can go to stoughtonhospital.com. That's stoughtonhospital.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.